everyone. Welcome to another episode of Don't Butcher It, an intersectional self-help podcast. I'm your host, Upasana Barth, and today I have with me Gina Ballinger, a poet, rapper, songwriter, and screenwriter from- Hi, me up, hi, me up. <laughs> and who was also my classmate in grad school. I am so honored. Yeah. Gina, do you want to say hi and share your pronouns? Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Gina Ballinger, and my pronouns are she, her. Gina is a part of Chicago hip-hop R&B duo Console and actually just released their album, first full-length album, POV, in August 2020, (laughs) which is so good to listen to. Everyone needs to listen to it. And I just have to ask Gina, how in the middle of a pandemic? That is just amazing. Yeah. So we were writing songs, right? So before I went to grad school, obviously, I went to undergrad. So I went to undergrad at Columbia College, Chicago. And there I met my best friend, um, Chantel Cribs, who actually graduated a year before me. But I went to school for um, TV writing and producing. And she went to school for musical theater. But somehow, like where most of the people of color were, specifically Black musicians, we both had like a interest in music I came on the scene as like a poet at the time because I wanted to break into like the music side of Columbia because the tv film side was like a whole bunch of nerds (laughs) Um, so I was trying to like get where the black people reside and it was in the music department and she was doing the same thing and we kind of linked up at a dorm room our mutual friends were having like a jam session and we linked up at a dorm room and we were just like inseparable since. Yeah, so we had a lot of those songs when we were at Columbia that were like in the mix. So that's why you hear like the poetry. Those are some of the poems that like I started on the scene with. Um, and then songs that we wrote in undergrad and we just finally released it once we got into this like pandemic <laughs> situation. Wow. A song working on songs for that long, like Yeah. It takes a really long time. <laughs> I, think, I don't think people really realize. Like, how did you notice, like, the song evolving over the, all of the songs evolving over the years? Oh, absolutely. The songs that we started with, we probably have about, like, two, I think, like, two or three of those songs are, like, newer songs. But Queendom was, like, our anthem mm-hmm. in um, undergrad. And that has evolved so much like you have like this sound when you're an undergrad and then like by the time you're adult graduated from undergrad it's like a completely different sound we um met our producer at columbia as well and he kind of like really put the meat in the potatoes if you know what i mean every song that we've worked on has evolved the poems never were supposed to be attached to it it just happened to work out that way where it was like oh, well, this poem really complements what we're talking about in this song. It's like, well, just throw it in there type things. Yeah, that's amazing. I loved listening to it. It just felt, especially during a year where everything was so messy and just uncomfortable and just honestly depressing, listening mm-hmm. to POV was like, yes, this is exactly what I need right now. 
I need honest. I need real. Thank I need you. music that's going to make me feel good, but music that's coming from like an authentic place. I loved it. I love it. You do so many things. You have so many talents and there's so many avenues in which you can express yourself. I'm just curious, do you have a purpose or a mission for yourself that ties everything together or do you just take a more like I'll do what I'll in, like enjoy approach? My whole thing is that I don't mean to steal Issa Rae's quote, but like I room for everybody black. Um, yes. <laughs> Because of that, I've kind of taken this approach of like whatever I enjoy at the time because my stuff do change. My first thing I ever wrote was a children's book and that was back in kindergarten. And obviously it has come, well, it's come back around where I was like, oh, maybe I should write another children's book. Like I would really like to see that happen. But it, from a children's book, I went into like poetry, but I don't write poems as much as I write songs anymore. So the way things that like come to my mind, sometimes it just takes the form that it wants to take. So if I, like I'm a screenwriter, if I have like an idea of a storyline, I might think it's going to be a TV show or a film. But by the time I'm like really in depth with what I'm trying to say, it might be like a verse or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and so I think it gets difficult and tricky at that time because it's like, okay, you do do so much and maybe you should um, figure out exactly what you want to do. But I'm honestly just enjoying the ride of being uh, creative in general. This is what I'm hearing what you're saying when you're black and you're good at so many things, like you want to succeed in those channels and you want other black people to succeed in those channels too. So like, why not put yourself out there, especially when there aren't enough black people, you know, seen in those realms For and sure. like there's so many different types of stories that need to be told perspectives that need to be said there isn't just like one story that you know all black people can relate to exactly so I, I i see what you're saying in that like you'll create something you'll have an idea and a message and then you're like where is this message gonna fit in i want to see you succeed you know in every realm mm -hmm. and i'm sure you want the same for yourself yes and for you you're amazing <laughs> In the process of creating something, I, I always tend to be so nervous about, well, what if it's bad? Like, what if I put mm -hmm. so much energy into this thing and I love it so much and then it all comes crashing down because, mm -hmm. like, people will say, oh, my gosh, it sucks. And it's like, yeah, who cares what people say? But then you, you start to look at it from that perspective and you're like, oh, my gosh, it does suck. Like, that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I just want to know, like, do you struggle with the fear of failure? And if so, how do you overcome it or talk yourself out of it? I think something that um, important for me or like I've instilled in my life is like at a young age, I came up with this brand of like live bold, bold meaning be optimistic and lead with distinction. And I think a part of that leading with distinction is not being fearful, especially with creative um, avenues that you decide to take on yourself right so I think it's important to put out your suckiest work and in order to get past that sucky work we got to keep putting out work that maybe people don't like so when that one thing hit it's like oh like I didn't know you were that dope or I didn't know I was this dope <laughs> and so I think a lot of people have this fear of like putting out bad things or like maybe it's not working like this idea of perfection but nothing is ever perfect and if you wait on that perfection it's never going to happen because it's never going to be perfect for you. So I have struggled with that 
for plenty of projects before I was just like, okay, this baby is ready to fly. Let it fly. Um, (laughs) So I think the biggest thing is to just trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's like things in there that's like really like, uh, I can't get past this, right? Mm -hmm. Like this needs to change, fine. But if it gets to a point where it's like, I just don't like how this sounds, but I don't know what to change about it. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, you need to move on, on to something else. And I think it was like Ava DuVernay who actually had that lesson of, you know, put out your bad stuff. It's okay to write bad. Everybody starts bad. Like you can't, there's no way to get good unless you get out your bad ideas (laughs) to get to those good ideas. So it's kind of like a digging game. Mm overall the idea of just um it's not going to be perfect and it's not about it being perfect it's about you had an idea and you got it out there when you get stuck on an idea and you don't know what to do and it like frustrates you to a point I feel like if you don't move on you're just stopping yourself from like creating something new or creating something better or like you know maybe even like the potential of coming back to it and turning it into something better yeah, it holds so much clutter in the mind. And, like, sometimes it just needs to do deep sweeps and, like, spring cleaning. Let that <laughs> stuff go. Yeah. Bring in some new, fresh air so that you can work, put your energy somewhere else. Because just focusing on that one thing, you will absolutely never get anything done. <laughs> in grad school, so if there was a tense moment in class or – the professor was just saying something that made no sense. Gina was yeah. the, <laughs> Gina was the one to speak up. And like there was a sense of formality in our cohort that I don't think like a lot of people talked about. Like everyone was so formal sometimes. And so like we yeah. have to be a certain way. And Gina was just like, no, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I, and, I need, and no <laughs> one's going to say it. So I'm going to say it. And so like obviously you're a very wise person and you really know how to just like bring people back down to earth and ground them in moments with your humor and your brightness. So I'm just interested in how are you so good at being yourself? Like, were you always comfortable? (laughs) Were you always comfortable being yourself or did you like work to get here? Absolutely not. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, you know, it's it's different. College is a very different experience for me. And I say that coming from, you know, being born and raised in Chicago, in elementary school, middle school, whatever people like to call it, that was predominantly Black. I get to college in high school and get my master's, predominantly white institutions. And so it's a lot different in that aspect because like yeah you can be yourself with I guess people that you think could relate to you right so in elementary school or whatever sure I was myself right <laughs> but um in those type of spaces it's hard to figure out if you're doing too much mm-hmm. if you're not doing enough and then I just completely was like okay I can't keep figuring out or trying to wonder about how I need to best learn Mm -hmm. you know if I don't understand it then at this point I just need to say something because I know I'm not probably not the only person that don't understand but in so many of those spaces like we feel silent Mm -hmm. like okay maybe this is a dumb question everything becomes like a dumb question so (laughs) it's like either I'm going to get the education that I'm sitting here paying these thousands of dollars for 
or I'm going to let it slide and I'm going to struggle and try to figure it out later. And just finding that balance. Some days, if I just didn't feel like fighting it, uh, Upasna, for example, was one of those, one of the greatest people of all time that absolutely got me through my master's (laughs) program where I'm just like, girl, look, um, (laughs) I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what the heck this is about. Um, If you can help me, Upasna was always that one person. And we need people like that to one and this is another thing I absolutely appreciate about you. I feel like you always amplify people's voices. And so I think this platform is absolutely amazing that you're like really rooting for the underdogs and the underrepresented because you not only talk that talk, but you're actually doing it. You walking it. When we were in classes and stuff, you were always the one amplifying everybody else's voice. Oh, well, this person didn't talk. Let's give them a chance to talk. Or like you said, everything was like a format. Mm. If it came to calling somebody out, Upasana was going to do it. And so <laughs> just like you have this question for me, I'm like, girl, <laughs> well, you got it. You are so sweet, Gina. Like, and I think what you said, though, about like always worrying about if what you're saying is going to be received well or if people are just going to think you're not intelligent. That is something that still plagues me, too, which I think. It, yeah. I think and what you said about elementary school, I think I was myself in elementary school too, but I also distinctly remember being made fun of a lot. And I think yeah. all throughout my life, just like the little things people would make fun of me for like, oh, you're too much or you're too loud. Oh, you, you know, you're like this, you're like that. Those were all the things that I thought like were good about me. And I started like erasing those things. I was like, okay, I need to dilute mm-hmm. myself so I can be digestible to other people. And I was always trying so hard to be perfect. I thought that I would be inconveniencing people with my personality, which is just such a horrible mm-hmm. thing to feel because you just all you mm-hmm. want is to be yourself and be accepted. And so I think when I got to grad school, I was just sort of in a place where I had been doing that my whole life. I had done it in college. I, mean, I was getting better at better at identifying it. But I think grad school was really hard because I was doing I was full-time student, similar to, similarly to you, you would understand, like I was yeah. in grad school, I was working a part-time job for 25 hours a week, and I was in a play, a professional play for like 25 to 30 hours a week, performing four nights a week. Um, and that was just my first term, but obviously after the show was over, I was still in, was still working. I was so depressed and so exhausted that I just didn't care anymore. And I was like, I, I, that perfection that I needed to uphold just completely broke down. And I was like, I'm tired. And like, it wasn't healthy, but I think I was able to get a hint of what being free of like holding myself back all the time, uh, could be like, or feel like for me. Yeah. It gets tiring trying Mm -hmm. to be somebody that you're not, it's literally exhausting if I can't be myself and I feel like I have to put on the facade it's just a space that I don't need to be in yeah absolutely not Honestly. because you you're supposed to be in spaces that welcome you and sometimes it's hard because you're like when you're in the uh, you both of us are trying to get it break into the entertainment industry like mm-hmm. but it's going to be like you're going to constantly be in a space where like you have to fight for your voice to be heard even when you're up there it's a like an ever-going battle and struggle and as soon as I feel like I'm like almost there, it's like something comes back and like smacks you underwater, and then you gotta like try to get yep. back up there. <laughs> so pull yourself yeah. up again. Give yourself those exactly. pep talks. You know how many times, like if you look at my YouTube 
history, it's just like motivational speeches, like <laughs> encouraging words, um, positive affirmations. Like I, it's literally something I right. live by, especially living in Chicago where it gets dark early and it's cold outside. You have seasonal depression. It gets awful. Mm. And so like so every now and then you got to have that vitamin D. And I definitely think that having those positive affirmations and everything in the morning gives me that sunlight that I need in these dark spaces. In the same spirit of giving yourself those pep talks, motivating yourself, what are some things that you would tell someone who 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 really just feels like who they are isn't enough or they're embarrassed to be who they are or people just don't appreciate or value them? How do you what would you say to like lift them up? That is such a deep question. And I'm actually going to share something with you because I think this story is very relevant <laughs> to today. Yes, I want to hear it. It might have been very early high school or very late elementary school, mm. um, which is like seventh, eighth grade. I had very, very, mm. very bad self-esteem to the point where like before I knew what catfishing was, that was something that I participated in. You know what I'm saying? That's when like we had tag mm. days. We had MySpace days. I didn't really know mm -hmm. of that. I just liked the attention that people that wasn't me got, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so when you're in a space where it's like, well, I want to be seen romantically. And now it looks completely ridiculous looking at my younger self. But, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but um, it's like, you know, I, I want to uh, see what that feels like, you know? you use other people's mm -hmm. pictures or whatever and you get like this result today i get way more hits on who i actually am <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm. and then i don't have to <laughs> think about who i am um and so i think there's just it's like an ever going process of loving yourself and like getting to know yourself and realize like you know what your triggers are how you how what your love language is you know, um, and not just your love yeah. language of like how you like to be loved, but like how you like to love yourself, I think is, and, and how you practice self-care is very important. Most of the times if I'm going out or something, I, I'll have on some type of a face. If I can't even do that, then like I'm struggling. Right. So you need to know what makes you feel good in order to be able to present that to the world. And once you step mm -hmm. into like your own confidence, and step into the person that you're supposed to be or like that you want to exude yourself as. Of course, we have celebrities and everything that we look up to. Okay, what do you like about this person? What makes them stand out to you? What makes them confident? Okay, how can I find that in myself? And a lot of times, this is something I learned in my master's program. So shout out to Laverne. A lot of stuff that we see or good stuff that we see in other people is actually stuff that's in within ourselves, but we just can't find it. Like we're still seeking mm -hmm. that and so just knowing that oh I like all of this stuff about this person you have that too it's how are you gonna unbury this person to be who you're supposed to be at, at a point where we're like not who we're wanting to be or you like feel at your lowest or whatever just know that that's like buried alive so the, the idea is mm -hmm. to get yourself out of that I'm going through a lot of changes within myself, a lot of just like self-reflection and like figuring out how I want to step out into the world and like, what do I want that to be like? And so when I get people like you that say like, oh, Gina, you're 
a light or like you bring comedy, I want to bring joy to people, even with like the content that I make. It's your voice is needed, <laughs> you know. Everybody, somebody can mm -hmm. steal your story and it can be the same exact thing, but nobody's gonna do it like you. So the whole idea is to just just do it. <laughs> just yeah. do it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense because I was like everywhere. No, you that but. was so that was just so beautifully said. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being honest because, you know, sometimes the things that we do that we're most that we've done that we're most embarrassed about are actually the things that we need to talk about. So that way we can appreciate how much we've grown and also like let other people know like we are humans like we do some really bizarre yeah. stuff out of you know, when we're not in a good place. And that's like, that's what happens. It's as normal as any other human function of the brain. Mm -hmm. So normalizing that I think is just so important. And it gives people um, the recognition too that like self-help comes from a place of acknowledging who you are and even who you were in the past as not hating that person, but being compassionate to the person you used exactly. to be too. And nurturing that, you know? Um, yes. once you're like able to acknowledge it, you're able to like go back. It's so many times I go back to like the 13, 12 year old me and I'm like, girl, give me a hug. <laughs> like you just, you just need some love. You need some love today, boo. Let me, let me hug on you. What, what do we need today? How do, how can we be better? Um, and I, yeah, like mm. you said, it's just so important to normalize that because Everybody has done something that they're not proud of, but a lot of people have this stigma of like standing on it or like seeing it as a failure, but it's really not. It's a part of being human. It's a part of progressing. And if you've always been perfect your entire life, one, you're a liar. And two, <laughs> there's yeah. no way for you to grow. And I'm in a world that's always evolving. And so as I evolve with it, it's just something that happens. <laughs> So, yeah, and you got to go with it. Let yourself it. do it. Yeah. Gina, you are amazing. Thank you so much oh. for sharing your wisdom and your insight and all your good advice. I just, I feel so much like, even though it's like, I kind of late at night. Okay, well, it's not late at night. I sleep at 1030 because I'm a big baby. <laughs> but even, even though I've been uh, like, I don't know, up and at him all day, like this conversation was just so energizing for me. And I feel super inspired by thank you. So you. Thank it was you. energizing for me too. And again, thank you so much for this platform and allowing me um, somebody as I see still as an underdog for now um, <laughs> to have this platform <laughs> to speak and like really share our voice too. So I appreciate you and I applaud you and I love you so much. And oh, you are I love killing you, it. <laughs> Thank you. Are you okay plugging social media platforms? For sure. So my personal Instagram is B-T-H-E-E, Gina, J-I-N-A-B-D-E-E. -E. My um, consultant, if you want to listen to our music, um, uh, R&B, hip-hop, duo, it is console, C-O-N-S-O-U-L, number two. And yeah, that's that's pretty much me on everything. VGinaB.com. I'm starting to get my blogs up there again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Everyone, please go check Gina's stuff out. She is so talented. Thank you again, Gina. And you know what? We're going to talk again soon. For sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. And don't butcher it. <laughs> I feel like never, I have to say that never. Again.